So there we go. Are we going to try to do like some sort of cold opening? I feel like we're not comedians, so it's it's impossible to try to do some sort of intentional open before the the theme. And I feel like this is such a heavy subject matter that it's a hard thing to like crack a joke and then be like, how do you want to die? Yeah, well, that's not bad, though. I mean, let's talk about it a little bit. What we're here to talk about today on Dork Matters. Wait, how do we do this usually? We don't have a format really yet, do we? No, we're we're just we're we're finding our we're finding our group. Yeah, our flow. Maybe we should introduce ourselves first. Oh, good idea. Uh, I am your dad, Dork. I decided that I needed some sort of call sign every time we do an episode, so I'm your dad, Dork Ben Rankle. It's weird to say my last name. <laughs> I'm your dad, Dork Ben, and with me as always, uh, and I'm <laughs> your your doom and gloom, Dork. Lexi Hunt. Yeah, yours should change every time. I like to change change yeah, it up every yeah, time. Yeah, with whatever's yeah, happening I like that. in that episode. I like it. And uh, we are coming at you with some heavy shit tonight, um, but we're going to try to make it fun anyhow. We're going to talk about uh, the apocalypse, the end of the world as we know it. Armageddon. And we feel fine. And we feel fine. Um, we feel fine. So sort of, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to anything going on, we have at least one end of the world scenario playing out and possibly a second, depending on how you want to look at the pandemic. We have our climate crisis that is barreling us all towards, uh, if not extinction, vastly reduced population and some wild, wild times. Yep. Uh, and then the other thing we have is the closest we'll probably get to some sort of zombie apocalypse, which is the... Uh, COVID-19 pandemic still going on, uh, ebbs and flows. If you're where Lexi and I live, it is ebbing super hard right now. Oof. It's a it's a raging ebb here in our uh, part of the world. I feel like there's a good joke there about like this being the zombie apocalypse because the brainless have taken over. Huh? Zombies like brains, anti-vaxxers. Huh? We don't need to make the joke. We just have to talk around it we're not comedians we're just dorks we're dorks let's not let's not try things here we we don't write we don't write material before we get here <laughs> we like to workshop on the spot and uh so we're gonna get into to get our minds off of sort of the real doom and gloom we've all been living under we decided the best way to do that was to take us into um some fictitious doom and gloom um we're going we're gonna to chat about some of our favorite end-of-the-world possible scenarios from uh, pop culture, history, imagination, uh, wackadoo, conspiracy theories, and that sort of thing. Uh, we've got our list, and we're just going to get into talking about uh, how it's all going to go wrong. Love it. More interesting ways it could go wrong than how <laughs> it's going wrong here currently yeah. on our planet. Um, Different wrong. It, some 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 end of the world scenarios that we can actually enjoy because they aren't ours. <laughs> so we're not going to talk anymore about the you know climate crisis, and uh, I think we're going to move on from the pandemic. I don't think anybody wants to listen to us talk about that. Yet. So uh, let's hit the theme song. Let's let's do it. Unless you got anything quippy to say. No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like dark matters because we're sad today oh god yeah you can't uh, see it but i've uh, dyed my hair black and uh, flat ironed my bangs you have some good eyeliner going on yeah, heavy dose of mascara and eyeliner yeah touch a lip liner because uh, i like to feel pretty yeah, it's a little 90s throwback there tried to cry a little bit and i'm listening to um i don't remember what's some screamo him him oh dashboard confessional oh. oh remember that that was a dark time in our lives there's another apocalypse situation the emo days yeah 
Actually, I think I heard about Dashboard Confessional first from one of your friends back when we were in college. Uh, dude with the big curly hair. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, have you heard Dashboard Confessional? I was like, no. He's like, here it is. I was like, cool. I'm into it. Listen to that one song over and over for a week or two. And then you've not thought about it until today. Yeah. It's great. Come back to it. Yes, we are here with our black shirts and our sad eyes. And uh, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, this went from, like, fun apocalypse to, like, depressing emo. Remember when we were young and emo? Yeah. That's depressing. Everybody was emo. It was, everybody was just starting to wear really tight jeans. Some of us were like, well, I don't know about that. And then we all got into it. And now they're chuggy. <laughs> they're chuggy? What does that mean? Have you not heard chuggy? Fiona told me about this. No, what is that? She told me to stop saying it, but it's a word invented by... Uh, Gen Z to basically describe all things millennial that are out of fashion, uncool, or uh, cringe. So my general personality, great. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I was gonna say as as professed dorks, we are might as well put on some chuggy shirts and our tight jeans. So yeah, slim fit mm-hmm. jeans are out. Big baggy ones are in, and if you're wearing those tight jeans, that's how they know you're a chuggy millennial. Oh, shit. That's... Well, you know what? I don't want to be part of their... Like, I'm tired. I don't have time to go buy new pants. Listen, we had to bear the weight as millennials of discovering that all the trappings of society that we were told to participate in were no longer going to work, and the Gen Xers knew about it but didn't care. They were too busy Mm navel-gazing and watching, I don't know, what was that show? High Frequency or whatever. High Fidelity? High fidelity, that's the one. Yeah, they all sitting around watching their high fidelity, thinking about their feelings and <laughs> didn't bother dealing with any of the garbage that was coming down on us. Sorry, Gen Xers, I'm just fucking around. God. But we went through a lot of different pants stages. I know we're talking about the apocalypse, but let's just take a quick foray into big pants because Jess might cut this out. That's okay. When I was in high school, my mom would help my sister and I to wear raver pants. So we would go and buy cheap pants from... Blue light special in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, we had parachute pants. Right? You would cut along the seam and then put an insert in so your pant legs were giant. Yeah. And then you would wear like a big thick chain so people knew that you were a raver, even though we weren't allowed to go to raves because... Oh, I went to a couple in high school. Did half a tab of ecstasy once. (gasps) Oh my God. Half. Split it with somebody else. Wasn't even cool enough to do a full one. Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Never fly an airplane now. Spinal tap. Is that a thing? I think so. I don't know. Somebody told me that once. It might have been at the rave. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, because they have to do a spinal spinal tap on you, and uh, the ecstasy has LSD in it, and that'll show up. For how long? Like, what did they mean you can't go fly a plane, like, tomorrow? Because that makes sense. But if it's, like, forever? The prevailing theory of these high school... Uh, ravers was that it's in your spine forever. Well, they're medical doctors, so... Well, you know, it's Alberta, so we don't require medical uh, expertise in order to have opinions or or create policy on on medical reasons. We're talking about the end of the world, fun end of the world. None of this real depressing actually happening around us. More like the fun kind. Like the kind that you're excited about. The fun kind. (laughs) What's a good end of the world scenario that is preferable to the one that we're currently currently experiencing? How do you want to go out? If I'm going to pick anything, okay. Uh, I, I, I have this reoccurring dream and I kind, a part of me is terrified of it. And a part of me is like, I, ho- I kind of hope that happens because at least it sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, reoccurring dream is that a black hole within our solar system just pops up one day. What? And slowly we start getting sucked in to the black hole and everybody knows it's happening and there's this like global acceptance where people are like what are you gonna do like there's nothing we can do it's all done so let's just let's just do it and every time i have this dream i'm like driving in my car calling my mom being like what are we gonna do and she's like nothing and then i call john and he's like let's read about black holes which is something that both of them in real life would say like my mom would be like whatever and John would be like, let's let's learn about it. What a great opportunity to do some learning. That sounds fantastic. 
So part of me kind of likes the idea of like, just we're all coming together, a global acceptance of our untimely demise. It's a beautiful skyline. That's beautiful. It's a, I would posit, given the last two years, an overly optimistic view of how humanity would deal with its final hours. But that's what we're doing here. We're having some rosy fun times with the end of it all. I feel like people now would be like, there's no such thing as black holes. And we'd be like, but it's right there. It's like sucking us into it. We could be staring at it in the sky and they would yeah. deny that it exists and say that it's a fabrication of the liberal media uh, meant to start the great reset um, that it apparently is a super important priority for all of these oh capitalist God. governments out there. They really are looking to put the environment first via a secretive reset scenario. I just always wondered, like, how would somebody capitalize the world ending? You know what I'm like? Oh, there'd be people that for sure. Yeah, like yeah, sell uh, you know t-shirts, um, facilitate some sort of like building where you can just go have sex with whoever's there, mm-hmm. but you have to pay an entry fee. Um, pony rides along a ridge that overlooks a nice view of the end of the world. I like that one. That one's a little less depressing. There's ways. Capitalists gonna capitalist. There's. Uh, I mean, you know that the world's going to be blowing up and there's going to be some dude being like, bottled water, $5. You're like, really, man? It's getting hot. Yeah, the sun's about to explode. Supernova, it's getting hot, but I've got all this bottled water. (laughs) If not now, then when, people? Come on. Can't take it with you. I'm taking it with me. We don't know what's (laughs) on the other side of that black hole. It could be anything. That's what I'm excited about, you know? Because if science fiction has taught me anything, it's there is some type of either terrifying demon devil at the end of that <laughs> or utopia you got a 50 50 chance lovecraftian otherworldly situation huh yes like uh um event horizon that horror movie scared the shit out of me and it also made me obsessed with black holes yeah it's pretty cool try not to make a colonoscopy <laughs> joke never gonna get away from that one huh I love this. This is beautiful. A nice world coming together, everybody just accepting, and we quietly swan song into uh, a nothingness. With the potential of there being something rad on the other side, like some beautiful utopia, other worlds. Yeah, that'd be cool. Why not? Sure. A different dimension. Infinity. Anytime we start talking about that sort of space stuff, I get fucked up on the idea that everything that we know currently exists within something else. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to space and it can't, it can't, that fucks me up. I Space fucks me up about a lot of things. Yeah. I heard an astronaut speak once and somebody asked about when you look in space, because she did a spacewalk and they said, when you look out into space, how do you keep your mind from like exploding? Because it's just so big. And she said, there's some astronauts that just choose not to look at space. They go up there their entire time. They only like look at this, like what's immediately in front of them, kind of like blinders on a horse. Um, they choose not to look at the vast expanse because you get the space crazies. Hmm. Yeah, I was reading something once about you keep your eye on like a horizon of like whatever vehicle you're working on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, space is big. What container it's in, we can't even fathom. Oof. It doesn't make sense. Um, oh, that's what makes it amazing. Which leads me into another good sort of end of the world idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Suddenly space makes sense if we're actually just programs on some sort of great simulation. And uh, one day somebody decides that simulation is done, flips a switch, servers over, and so is the existence. Blinks out. There's no time to enjoy it. There's no time to worry about it. It's gone. We're done. I kind of like that one. There's no tomorrow, but like you can't even understand that that's a concept because you just stop. No, we just stop existing. Yeah, we're gone. Somebody turned off. And you know, there's a lot of speculation right now in like science media and and, and popular science uh, spaces on the internet talking about that whole, are we a simulation situation? And you know what? If we are, when it ends, it's going to be quick. And painless. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe our data gets rewritten into something more useful for whoever 
has that program sorted to some sort of file. You know, we become JPEG pornography or something. <laughs> I was going to say like a butter, like I can come back as a butterfly. Yours is a little more dark. <laughs> no, they just wiped out our program. They needed that space to sort save more gifts of, uh, of pornography, hentai, uh, tentacle porn. That made me think of Dark City. Like what you're, did you, did you ever watch yeah. that movie? Like every single night. Oh yeah, I love Dark City. It was such a great movie. You, you're world gets rewritten but you have no idea and it's although that's more of like a simulation for like science purposes for creepy demon alien people it's the same sort of thing it, it's very similar and it had uh wild from what i remember reading back in the day uh, a lot of um influence on the matrix sort of aesthetically and story-wise mm. as well there's a lot of I that i see that very dark and the matrix is another and- one of those end of the worlds that i thought we could get into which is Robots are created, robots take over, and robots, for some fucking reason, put us all into a giant simulation themselves and then turn our physical bodies into batteries. It doesn't seem efficient. Yes. I feel like robots could figure out a better way of powering themselves. Oh, 100%. But apparently we nuke the sky to stop them from getting solar power because apparently you can't get past the atmosphere if you're a robot. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's a great one. Becoming the whole world gets enslaved as uh, robot batteries. That's fun. I kind of like that one. Are we in the Matrix? Are we not? Black Cat. If we're in a program and we can find out about it and we can get ourselves Neo powers, that's fun, right? I would be fine with even no... Like, if everyone was plugged into some giant machine, giving them their best life and it's all up in your brain, a part of me is like, eh, could be worse. But that's not how the Matrix goes. The computers decide that our too perfect reality is difficult for our brains to accept so they make it shitty i feel like they didn't try that hard to make it good no i feel like they could have sorted that out i feel like that's a problem that could have been solved by magic ai that can put us all into battery packs or just like probes in your brain like they can make you smell and taste things by sticking needles into different parts of your brain you're telling me that these robots can't just go neek and like poke you somewhere in your brain and just like make you not feel sad ever again. Like, come on, robots! Now you're just being cruel. I feel like they didn't try hard enough. No, they did not. That's a that's an okay end of the world scenario. Um, where does that take us to? We're on the robots thing, so I feel like we got to go to Terminator. Ah. Um, you know, robots are created, gain sentience, and decide to kill all of humanity. I'm so polite to our like whatever machines like the Roomba finishes I, I tell her thank you I, I I thank Siri constantly yeah um for her service do you ever get mad at Siri and then apologize after like god damn it Siri that's not what I meant 100% when she's giving me directions and she fucks up I yell then afterwards I'm like I'm sorry I didn't mean to yell at you I'm just really stressed out right now and you were giving me bad directions I shouldn't have raised my voice to you I'm so sorry Siri <laughs> so I can bring that back one day so <laughs> when she's trying to kill me I can be like no I I was kind. I was kind to you, kind of, most of the time. And she'll be like... Dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. I think there's something for Roombas. We have the mop and the vacuum. Um, Ooh. Do you like the mop? I like the mop. I. It has one little problem, which is that it can't get off its treads to actually clean the floor. So I have to give it a little nudge. Mm. It's for some reason they designed the like tray that it sits in very poorly and so it can't actually roll off properly because of little bits of dirt. Oh. Um, yeah, Roomba, the vacuum version itself was great uh, at first and then like a year and a half, two years on now, it somehow manages to have problems every time it goes out. Oh, that's too bad. Either gets stuck somewhere or runs out of battery, takes five hours to finish doing the house. Ugh. It's fine, though. I still like it uh, for being a busy stay-at-home dad. It helps me keep shit a little bit cleaner. Trying to evoke an idea of uh, sort of droids from Star Wars and their terrible, terrible uh, lot in life. No, you need to think about Rosie from the Jetsons. That's how I think of all robots in the future, is that they're members of the family that are, like, sassy, you know? That's what I want. I want my fridge to, like, crack jokes. And I love you people, too. I see them all as like R2s, basically. And, you know, R2 is basically sentient. The droids in all of Star Wars are treated so shittily. I mean, so, a lot of them. Like, BB-8 was treated pretty well. Yeah, but on mass, like, robots are sentient, have some sort of personality, whatever. We, like, they're definitely shown that way in Star Wars. And yet, 
they are just treated terribly. And I think that's why they'd use the battle droids in the prequels, which was to try to like justify this terrible sort of like racist attitude towards, uh, towards robots in the later films. And uh, it doesn't, it doesn't play for me. I'm waiting for my star Wars movie about the robots rising up. That would be great. And actually, if you watch the Han Solo movie, uh, with whatever her name was, L337. Oh, yes. So that standalone movie with Alden Einrich or whatever his name is. Yep. And there's a little taste of that when L337 leads the like the distraction robot revolt at that mining colony. Yes. And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what I wanted to see. You've all been oppressed. It is time for you to take out these carbon-based life forms. Just fuck them up. Kill, kill the human aliens. It is weird that in the Star Wars universe, there isn't like a planet of just droids you think that that would have been like right right we have not run into that it's so weird ai is such a weird thing in star wars like yeah apparently just nobody bothered doing that or at some point they had a problem with it and so it was outlawed or something but how do you even police something like that in a galaxy that has like jab of the hut crime syndicates all over the place Oh, I like that will be the next standalone movie, like just about the droids, because they I think that, you know, a lot of them have such personality. You could they could carry a movie. I think so. I mean, I could really talk about my whole I have so many plans and ideas for things that they could slash should be doing in the Star Wars universe. And now that we're done this like Skywalker, whatever it was, saga, whatever the hell that was. We can, we're free, Ben. We're free. We can now just explore the universe and have these like wonderful movies like Rogue One. Amazing. That I want more of that. I want more of Han Solo. It was a completely underrated movie. I enjoyed a lot of the parts of it. I just, Amelia, I, oh, I'm sorry. I can't. Really? I thought she was amazing. I just thought I couldn't. Okay. And this is going to be judgmental because like her as a person when I see interviews with her, delightful. Yeah. But her eyebrows in that movie were so expressive that I was like having a hard time focusing. Oh my God. That's wild. The whole thing that brought me in was her ability to act well. And I guess that threw you off. Oof. You just, eyebrows, they're an important part of uh, communication for humans. I get it, but hers are like over the top. I really enjoyed the thought of that movie. Let's leave it there. We'll have to do uh, our Star Wars series at some point where I oh, yeah. convince everyone that Han Solo was fantastic and so are the prequels. And that I convince everybody that Paul um, <laughs> Appa from Kim's Convenience should have his own series. Oh, I'm That's a hill I'm willing to die on. I mean, hey, there's a chance he will get that Rogue Rangers or whatever it's called. He is delightful this is what we do here on dark matters we nebulously talk about people places and things that we know but we can't give you the specific names no i'm doing this hold on the sound effect jazz we're going to wikipedia so a hill that i'm willing to die on benjamin is that paul son young lee deserves his own series period I absolutely agree. That man is a Canadian treasure? What? Yeah. Why would you think I was against that? Okay, good. His character's great. Yeah, he was wonderful. A great character actor. He's fantastic. His appearance in The Mandalorian was delightful. And uh, yeah, I'd watch him oh, so fly through space, dealing with space cases for an entire season, at least. We had to watch parts of that episode a few times because I was squealing so loud that John couldn't hear the TV. And he was like, do you mind? And I'm like, no, it's Appa. This is a huge deal. And okay, stay with me on this one. What if Andrew Fung joins him? He's kind of like the Kramer of space where they're like, oh, him again. And then it's like Appa and Kimchi fly again. How awesome would that be? Oh my God. I think that's fantastic. I'll write it. You should. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start writing fan fiction. It should be called Appa and Kimchi in space. Fan fiction of Appa and Kimchi in space. I'm going to do a smooth as, as ice transition now because this brings us to another end of the world scenario. We could be blown up by a giant space station. To set an example for one of the princesses of Earth who has uh, defied the will of the Empire. And along comes our own star of death and it shoots us with a giant green beam. And that's it. It's over. Just to prove a point. Yeah. I thought you were going to transition into the Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, that's a good one too. Let's go there next. Because I love that. I love everything 
uh, Douglas Adams does. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh, is my faves. So good. Yeah. Our next Doomsday, a great one, a fun one that led to fantastic antics is uh, we get exploded to make way for a hyperspace bypass. Along that same lines, I kind of like the idea, like Terry Pratchett-esque, the whole like good omens, like right now a secret battle of good and evil are playing out and there could just be the apocalypse happening under our very noses. Neil Gaiman. So we're just going to Jesus apocalypse. That's our next our next one. Yeah. Revelations, beast cast out into the world. Yep. Hell on earth. I gotta say, like one of my comfort movies, like whenever I'm really like feeling low and I need like a just a little pick me up, I have a handful of movies that I go to. One of them, Shaun of the Dead. The other one, Kung Fu Hustle. And then more recently, this is the end. I don't know why, but there's something about that movie that is just so like ah comfortable. Is that the one where they're all locked in that like James Franco's house after he has a giant party? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like weird demon creatures outside and everything. I don't know why. Like, I don't care for James Franco at all. That's a surprisingly frat boy choice for you. I know. And it is very, I really like um, Jay Baruchel and Seth Rogen. I'm not harsh in your fun. No, no, no. It's very unlike me. Like, I think people would be like, you? But I love it. I don't know what it is. It's just. You're there for that. It's the CanCon again. You love Jay Baruchel. I do. I think that he is the delight. A little Canadian treasure. I'm I'm sad that Seth Rogen has forsaken us. I mean, he still claims to be Canadian. That's something. I have a problem with Canadians of any province that, you know, waddle on down to the States, become a big shot, and when it is convenient for them to talk about their Canadianisms, when they haven't lived in Canada for like 40 years. And there was a drag queen recently in past seasons on RuPaul's Drag Race, who talked constantly about like being a New Yorker. Oh, I'm from New York. I'm so New York. But then they were like born in Canada. And then when it's convenient, when it's a fun joke that, Oh, I'm so Canadian. Hey, I hate that so much because I'm mean, you spent mm. six episodes talking about how New York you were. And then you throw out this tidbit of like, Oh, but I was born in Toronto. Like bitch, everyone was born in Toronto. Come on. You are not a Canadian anymore. You, you jumped ship. Don't use us as your little joke. There, rant over. Yeah. I want to yes and you here, but I feel like you've gone a little harsh. No, do it. Yes and. Okay, yes and. Yeah, fuck those guys. (laughs) Give us back your passport. (laughs) You're American. You make that that dirty cocaine-covered American money, you're American. Don't you dare. Don't you dare talk about our universal health care. Yeah, or like it's even just stop using us as the butt of your joke so that you can be like, I'm so American, but these like hillbilly Canadians, her, 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 her. I thought you had to give up your, like, isn't it part of, like, the American oath of joining, whatever the hell it is? I don't think you're allowed to maintain any type of citizenship if you become American. Isn't that a thing? Aren't you? I I couldn't tell you. I'm too Canadian to know that. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just making up things. Americans have a lot of songs. How come they have so many songs about America? I mean, we could go with the real answer that is that they've existed longer than us, lean into nationalism harder than we have until recently, and, uh, you know, just have a larger population per capita than we do. Very true. Or we could go with the fact that they own more instruments. I like that one better. Well, there's just more instruments, so the country has to do more music. Everybody knows Canadians are atonal. Uh, no, it's just like, again, all entertainment is basically Canadian in the U.S. I feel it's like, uh, I'm just going to pick a number, 65% of their music and acting, uh, you know, famous people are Canadian. Norm Macdonald just passed away. He's Canadian. Oh. Uh, we talked about Leslie Nelson last time. Who else we got? Mm-hmm. They're all there. Uh, Bieber. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the levies at some point because they're treasures. Yeah. Eugene and, and Dan are, are our boys. We love them. The can boys. But it's sad that you have to leave Canada. Yeah. You know, like you shouldn't have to, and you shouldn't have to leave Alberta. Like, I'm sorry, Andrew Fung. You come back to us now. I miss you. You're a Canadian boy or a Calgarian boy. We're going to get real here for a second. We have underfunded our, uh, you know, arts across the country. And um, 
you know, there's this real like dislike that's born into us for our own content and creating our own content and it's low budget and it's not funny. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's underfunded. We do not uh, yeah. create the opportunities for our own stories to be told. And, you know, if we're talking about apocalypses to bring things full circle, that's, uh, you know, how your culture gets swallowed up, how you mm-hmm. lose the ability to define uh, the values of a place is uh, when you stop creating culture for and of that space. That's one of the insipid ways. This would be a really great time to do a plug of like, if you like Canadian content, invest in APR. Give us money so we can make CanCon. Uh, yeah, we should do some grant writing. What would Degrassi look like if it happened in Edmonton? People would be wearing a lot more like... Flannel? They'd be wearing thicker jackets. Thicker jackets. Uh, those makeout scenes would be a little less sexy because everybody's wearing... Balaclavas. <laughs> waiting for Chinooks to kiss outside. Oh, that's a great name. Are we getting two Canadian folks? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Sorry for being too Canadian. American audiences don't want to hear about that. We love America. Um, here's another great end of the world. A new ice age happens. We don't know how. It depends on, uh, you know, if we're looking at the snow piercer scenario, it's uh, we saw global warming. We decided to correct it. But those scientists, they corrected it too hard. Didn't think about what they were doing yeah. and uh, somehow caused another ice age by overcorrecting for global warming. And now we all live in an ice apocalypse and speed around on a giant train. The day after tomorrow could actually lead to uh, lead nicely into Snowpiercer. What like Snowpiercer should have been the sequel to Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, everybody gets on the train. Did John Cusack? Did he die in the Day After Tomorrow? I don't remember. Anyhow, he's back. It doesn't matter. I think he might have. He's back. He lived through the ice. Cryogenically frozen. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, like Captain America. They like, they chisel him out of the ice. He's holding a shield. It's been hundreds of years. Right. He's shocked by the technology and the train scenario. Hmm? I thought I died in a library. (laughs) In watching that movie, when they start eating the bugs, you know, the bug goo. Yeah. um, I think that was lost on me because at one point I was like, I'd eat bug. I have eat bug. Like I had a friend that came back when she taught in China. She brought back bags of crickets. I'm sorry. I have eat bug. I have eat bug. Me eat bug. Num, num, num. I have eat bug should be on a t-shirt. Yeah, crickets. No, I just like the framing of a sentence. I have eat bug. You sound like my toddler. Dada, have eat bug. Lexi, have eat bug. <laughs> That's how he talks. It's great. That's going to be our first uh, merch that we send out there is a pin or a hat, a trucker hat. I have eat bug. Oh, God. Trucker hats are back and I can't. You can if it's saying I have eat bug. I'm going to wear that one. We were wearing trucker caps when we went to ACAD, when we were in college, and I can't do it again. No, I can't. And I guess I'm not supposed to. That would be that would be chuggy. Yeah. Don't do that. Fiona's going to hate this episode. Sorry, Fiona, but it had to happen. I guess uh, in the show notes, we'll put a link to uh, the definition of chuggy. So uh, everyone that's our age or older can figure out what the fuck it means when some kid calls him it. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. There's no, there's no 19-year-olds listening to this. You know who you are, people. No, you should listen to it. You can learn a lot about popular culture of the past. (laughs) If you're writing a paper for one of your sociology classes, please reference dork matters. And how we misuse the word chuggy. Okay, we got to move on to more death. Um, I've gotten a scenario for you, Ben. So this one is actually kind of real, but it was pointed out today um, from John, who mentioned uh, that he was reading on Reddit, Earth's magnetic um, poles are shifting. Yeah. And so eventually we're going to have a full magnetic flopperoo. They've been going at it for a while now. Yeah. So it's, it's happening. It's, it's going to happen one day. There's a nature of things with David Suzuki episode about the poles and how uh, scientists are unsure what happens. Uh, they believe it's happened many times in the past, uh, but we're, we're teetering on the edge of the pole reversal. And uh, honestly, probably nothing. Uh, Nothing really will change, but maybe our water will swirl a different way. Or everything. Or everything will change. Some people think that it's like um, ox. It, 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 I don't. I mean, I don't read the article. John was just telling me that it has some it, it could impact. I don't read the articles either. I never do. I just like to get no. the headline and then talk. I about look in the comments for the person who's like, for all you idiots who haven't read it, and I'm like, ah, thank you. Somebody sum this up for me. I'm not going to read that article. 
That is like four paragraphs. I'll leave one paragraph that explains it to me. Yes. I am tired when I'm looking at Reddit. I'm not looking to read. If I comment, then I read the article because I don't want to be a dick. Um, but John said it's something to do with like, it could impact the way that the earth protects us from radiation from the sun. So it could mean that cancer rates go up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's all sorts of things that could really impact us. So it could be a small thing or it could be like, there's no more oxygen. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of another. Oh, I have another one. I didn't even think of that until right now. Roll it. Keep it rolling. Uh, aliens. Okay. Ella, Kelvin and Hobbes. Aliens show up at our planet and suck up all the water and air and everybody just dies. That's a great one. Okay. That's a little bit Galactus, which was one on my list as yes. well. Let's put them together. Resource extraction by aliens. And this is now we're into Stephen Hawking territory, which is, mm -hmm. Hey, maybe we don't want aliens to find us. Um, because, you know, as a, uh, colonizers and empirical uh, empirical <laughs> i can't say it now uh, imperial imperial empir empirical empirically imperial colonization has uh, had bad outcomes uh atrocious uh, atrociously oh this is a good episode. atrociously bad uh outcomes for uh, you know the people whose uh, resources they've decided to exploit and uh yeah so uh you know, it would be a lovely comeuppance for European colonialists, <laughs> but, uh, you know, shitty for the rest of the planet that just had to suffer through that. Yeah, like, I've already been colonized. Can I stay behind, please? Can we talk about, is Galactus just following what he was created to do, what his existence is? He just eats planets. That's how he's hungry. Is he bad? No. Let's get into the morality of this. Okay, well, we're done. I don't think he is. I don't either. No. He just needs to eat. I mean, I think if you have a bunch of people be like, motherfucker, we down here, that you should probably stop and go find another planet. You're a giant intergalactic being. You can probably find another planet. But maybe he just finds us tasty. Maybe we are his popcorn shrimp. Oh, popcorn shrimp. Um, I'm going to press pause. My computer's dying and I just have to go get my plug in. So two shakes of a lamb's tail. Who's that Pokemon? I don't know how to do who's that Pokemon without an image. Like, it's a dark form, it's really, really big, yeah. and it's eating a planet. <laughs> it's Galactus! That's how we should release our art each week, or each time we do a podcast. <laughs> who's that podcast, Amon? I think we need to do more of these uh, who's that Pokemon interstitials, where you uh, try to describe some sort of shadowy figure for people to guess. He's very tall. And we'll tell you next episode. Yeah. Or now. Galactus. Yeah. Which Pokemon do you think would end the world if they had the chance? Oh, there's a... Oh, oh God. You're getting me into a place where I'm actually a huge dork, which is for Pokemon. Uh, mm. I mean, I've been playing since they came out. And like people seem to forget that millennials, a lot of us were like, you know, 12 to 14 when that shit started. And like... Yep. We were the right age, and, you know, why would I stop liking something like that? So there are just a ton of, like, no, time-space Pokemon uh, that could end the world. But who's the most most likely to end the world? Let's go to Wikipedia. <laughs> Jess? Pokemon most likely to end the world. This is great. I want to know. His millennial knowledge. <laughs> there's a lot. Like, there's a shit ton of, like, god-level Pokemon. Yeah. Dialga, Palkia. I kind of thought you were going to say Mewtwo. Yeah, Mew could... Well, Mewtwo more likely, but yeah, there's way more powerful Pokemon than them as the games go on. There's ones that control time and space and all this other stuff. Yeah. Here, this is... We're taking a quick break. I'm going to borrow this list uh, that I just Googled and... Uh, from thegamer.com, there's your attribution. Let's take a Pokemon break. 15 Pokemon so powerful they can end the world. Let's run this list. Esper. Amazing. I'm not going to give you any context. I'm just going to say the names. So just run through them. Camerupt. It is a camel with volcanoes on its back. Okay. Gyarados, a giant leviathan-like creature with a weird goldfish mouth. Love that one. Xerneas. Xerneas is a like a deer god Pokemon in the sort of like Japanese stylings of deer gods. Okay. Um, Alakazam. Uh, it's a 
psychic Pokemon that holds two spoons. It has a very nice mustache. Yes, it does. Are you on this list? Uh, no, I just know that one very well because I like his mustache. You know what's wild? We've never talked about whether or not you know anything about Pokemon either. Um, I know a lot about Pokemon for the first couple iterations, and now more recently I've gotten back into it. So I'm there with you. Not to the same extent, but I'm there. All right. We're going to do some, some Pokemon episodes. Oh, yeah. Reshiram. This is not one I even know. I think I missed this. Oh. Uh, Reshiram looks like a giant fox with a, I don't know, a turbine for a tail. Fire cannon is? Uh, Hoopa. Hoopa is a sort of demon? genie-ish looking thing, demon with uh, these like portals to different time and space. Oh, that one's scary. Uh, Volcanion is another volcano Pokemon. So I guess if you got a volcano power, you can just blow some people up. Dialga. This is one I already mentioned. I actually got a good one. But yeah, the deity, the god among mere mortal Pokemon. Uh, Dialga can control time. So, you know, just spin it all back till we're slop in a pit. Magnezone, that's an interesting one. But yeah, I guess if you can control all the magnet powers in the world, uh, you could make Nidoas and uh, flip those poles and cause a whole bunch of unhealthiness. Mewtwo is on the list at five. Four is someone named Giratina uh, is another god Pokemon. Um, Dragon? They can alter the very physical laws that make up the universe. Go, Giratina. Take us out. Uh, Groudon, who controls the i don't know tectonic plates and whatever bullshit oh god kyogre who can flood the world rayquaza who can cause gigantic hurricanes but groudon is apparently more powerful because uh he's here his intent is to cause earth-shattering eruptions of volcano oh trubbish i was this is an unexpected uh, item on the list yeah i was not expecting that trubbish is the garbage pokemon so cute uh, he's a little bag, bag of trash yeah it's one of the, my favorite Pokemons they're so cute um, I don't know they can do something about flooding the world with garbage sure why not and then the expected yeah, sure. is Arceus or Arceus uh, who is literally in Pokemon mythology basically just God uh, he's the first and last Pokemon the beginning the end he controls everything so those are the Pokemon that can take us out folks meh I'm disappointed in those. Yeah? What were you looking for? I was hoping it was like a really unassuming Pokemon that just like had had enough. Like I'm sick of your shit. Like I wanted it to be like one of the really cutesy ones like Togepi to just be like enough. Togepi has some psychic powers. Maybe they could. But I feel like this uh, this list is going for like in-game sort of powers. And uh, God, we are dorks. Yeah, we're, we're huge dorks. Okay. Let's move on. With... Giant creatures that can destroy the world. This brings us to one of my favorite things to reference when it becomes uh, sort of twilight and my eyes don't work as good as they should. Uh, Rain of Fire. Oh. Uh, Somewhere in London, somebody's digging the metro too deep and they awaken the sleeping dragons that once ruled the earth and they apparently take over. Apparently modern... uh, modern technology and firepower couldn't 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 take down dragons glorified dinosaurs could not could not be handled by modern society did you ever watch that movie no it's matthew mcconaughey christian bale and uh a bunch of dragons and there's a line about how dragons can't uh the only time of day they're vulnerable is at twilight when they can't see quite properly. So anytime I'm driving and it's twilight and I'm having like a little problem with my eyes, I reference that in Fiona is fucking sick of it. So they're the same as a millennial. Thank God. It's dangerous for children that are getting out of basketball practice at this time of night. Twilight. The only, the only time when I'm vulnerable, oh I can't see. That sounds horrible. Uh, it's worth watching. It's kind of a fun genre flick. No. Oh my god, what? I was expecting you to be like Cthulhu, not like Matthew McConaughey and some dragons. There aren't really that many movies about like Cthulhu. Like, I know there's Eldritch Horror stuff, but not like the world-ending stuff. Like, he doesn't just show up and eat everybody with his tentacles. We kind of get into it a little bit, like similar things with like Godzilla and that whole genre. But it's more like city-ending versus like world-ending. Yeah, yeah. And there is a distinction because like disaster movies are my thing and there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot more there, but we're looking for world ending. Yeah. And 
I think that brings us to nuclear war. It was the big kick of the you know 80s, the doomsday mm-hmm. clock. And what happens after that nuclear war? Apes take over. Somehow, apes, planet of the apes. No. No. The apes took over. They subjugated humanity that no longer can speak properly, and we become their, their lesser evolved primate. It's got to be like, it's not, if there was a nuclear holocaust knock on wood the the apes aren't living it's going to be like the birds and lizards lizard people bird people subjugating all the survivors i mean most likely fruit flies like those are the creatures that lived through the dinosaur extinction maybe the dinosaurs didn't want to wear their masks or take their vaccines and that's really what ended them so they they became birds yeah that's what happened yeah, the dinosaurs are still here. They're just turkeys now. Disgusting turkeys Everybody knows. with their gross necks. When I used to work at Community Natural Foods for a long time, and on really slow days, we would play um, these stupid games of like ranking. And so we would come up with different scenarios and then decide how long people that we worked with in the store would last in these scenarios. So in a zombie apocalypse, you would have to like explain what you would do to live through it yeah that basically 2000 to 2020 is just like everybody had their zombie a scenario oh i'm gonna survive like this no you're not you're not gonna survive well and that was the thing about like so many people had great ideas and then they'd come to me and i'd be like well first i'd get my backpack and they'd be like "Uh uh-huh like and then i'd grab my cat and they're like no you're dead no one wanted me on their like survival team because they're like you would stop to try to help some rabbit and then we would all be dead So what I learned from that is in some type of emergency apocalyptic type situation, I am dead weight. So just leave me behind. I'll go die with the cat. And uh, good luck. I mean, we know what will happen in a zombie apocalypse as we've seen it play out in the last two years. The media would uh, downplay it. Uh, You know, certain parts of society would say it doesn't exist. And if there was any uh, attempt to deal with it, it would be confronted with protests uh, that led to the extinction of mankind. God, yeah. That's slightly more interesting than what's happening. That's what I would like to see. Like, I, that's how The Walking Dead should, like, they should do, like, one episode of The Walking Dead when Rick's, like, in the coma still, and it's all the morons <laughs> protesting outside the hospital and how they become... Yeah, yeah. The zombies inside the hospital. There's actually, like, three or four really safe and healthy cities. Uh, but what we've been following through the whole course of the comics and TV series are the people that were protesting against, uh, you know, not getting bitten by zombies. Listen, as as healthcare professionals... Oh, are they zombies, really? We do not think you should allow yourself to be bitten. It's how the virus transmits. We have lots of evidence that shows this. Here's a video. We can prove that that's how... That's our choice. Our body, our choice. If I want to... If I want to let them bite me, I'm going to do it. You can't prove that's what causes the... We're all infected already. <laughs> oh. and, that's, and so the, the reason everybody dies and makes stupid decisions in The Walking Dead is just because they are that uh, chunk of society that we would expect to behave that way. Oh, yeah. And so there's actually just like a great safe place where everybody else is doing just fine. And they're like, do we let them in? Do we tell, do we tell them we're here? No. They wouldn't believe us if we did. I would love to watch that episode. That sounds like a great one. Something I'd really relate with. Oh, talking comics. I think do we got do we got time for another apocalypse that we? I guess we like. Is that the premise of this episode? We prefer all of these to the banal sort of slow way that our Earth is actually ending. Yeah, I want something fun. like if you're going to go out, it's got to be something like kick. It shouldn't be like it's a it's a flu or you know people got really hot and infrastructure fell apart. It should be like rainbow dragons. Mm-hmm burst out of the sewer hey i brought you dragons and you poo-pooed it i brought you dragons i did but at least that would be a sight that would be a sight to see and apparently you hate matthew mcconaughey so much that you just couldn't allow the dragons why do you hate matthew mcconaughey so much no i like him now that matthew mcconaughey the pre taking acting seriously matthew mcconaughey not so much mcconaughey mcconaughey I always thought it was McConaughey, like McConaughey, hey, hey, smoke, you know, no? Hey, hey, hey. Like Yogi Bear? Yeah, I mean. Hey, hey, boo-boo. Always stealing picnic baskets, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Rogue One, like watching the world blow up in front of you, 
that would be an epic way to go. Like if you're going to go out world ending, if you had to pick one way to go based on everything we've talked about, I think my way is going to go like world blowing up. Yeah. Just kablamo. See, you keep talking about wanting it to be more fun and then you just choose like the most dire, sad, sad way. Well, how is it? Fun, like, we all have, like, we go to the circus so much, and everyone has such a great time. Not the circus with the animals, the other ones. Cirque du Soleil. You Cirque du Soleil yourself to death? Like, what's a fun way to go, Ben? I don't know. You were pretty, uh, you are onto something with your great, like, uh, silently into the night, watching us all spin into a black hole. That's not bad. I like that one a lot. Um, I don't know. Let's all... Uh, let's talk about transcendence we all sort of become robots and those of us that don't uh you know die off and everybody else goes on living inside of a simulation did it already happen a battlestar galactica type situation are we already in a simulation we already evolved past our physical forms and all of this is the simulation we've come full circle oh ish this episode had the legs we thought it did i don't know Whatever. I hope you enjoy it. I don't care. We had fun talking about it. We had fun. Hey, hey, listeners, how do you wish the world ends? Yeah, tell us a nice or bad or your favorite idea. What's the apocalypse scenario that really gets you... um... Smiling? (laughs) What's the end of the world scenario that, uh, you know, intrigues you the most? Let us know. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah... That's, uh, wow, I really brought the energy down. Uh, let's just leave it there. Like, just in silence. Like, okay, I'm just going to back away. Man. Yeah, it was fine. And then all of a sudden it was just like, meh. Nailed out hard. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go back to our boring end of the world where yeah. temperatures slowly rise and the general populace is either... Uh, impotent to affect change or uh or ignorant that's a sad way to go out good night everybody (laughs) thanks for listening to dork matters if you like the podcast subscribe give a rating and tell a friend about us if you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss tell us on our social media you can find us on instagram and twitter you can also check out our original art and other content from ben and myself We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Metis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.